Hello, 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 and welcome to my podcast, That Show Fucked Me Up. It is I, the beautiful, the talented, the funny, your host, Mariel Vizcarra. Cue in the applause. What is up, Fucked Up fam? It's your girl. Let's get started with the episode. So... Personal updates. I just came back from my Boston trip. Well, not just because I came back on Sunday and now it's Friday. Yes, I'm recording this on a Friday after work. Love this for me. Not really. I'm exhausted. But, you know, a girl's got to do what she's got to do. And by that, I mean I need to record for the podcast because I haven't recorded in a really long time. I feel like I don't have that many updates, but bear with me. So just came back from my Boston trip where there was a stage reading of my play, Ashes Down the Drain. Fucked up fam. My heart is so full. I don't even know how to begin to describe this feeling. I, 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 well, first of all, I just want to give thanks to Teatro Chelsea, Chelsea that gave me the opportunity to have my play read out loud. I am so fucking grateful. I am so grateful to the beautiful, beautiful cast, to the behind the scenes people that put this uh, reading together and this part two of the festival, the Atipico Festival. Shout out to them. Shout out to, yeah, to just everyone that, you know, formed part of bringing Ashes Down the Drain to live on stage. I, like I said, I think I've mentioned it before, Ashes Down the Drain was the first full-length play that I've ever wrote. Um, It holds a very, very, very special place in my heart. It I felt like it hadn't gotten the recognition that it deserved. And I I finally feel very, very fulfilled. After the reading, I know what I want to focus on for my next rewrite, the next draft of the play. I, I hate is a strong word, but I did not feel like the first 20 minutes of my piece give the whole piece justice. And I feel like the first 20 minutes are very fucking important. Because that's where you like either grasp the audience or you don't. So I know that I need to focus on that. But I've got amazing feedback from the audience. A lot of people just like related to the piece. And that's the type of work that I want to create. I want to create relatable, real life human experiences. And I want to portray them on stage. But I want like my people and my community to be portrayed on stage with these like normal day-to-day life scenarios because I think it's important. Uh, I recently realized that I like to write about functional dysfunctional families where on the day-to-day life they're functioning but in reality they're really dysfunctional and they try to hide it and that's the type of work that I like because that's who we are. We're all a little a little dysfunctional, but we're all like still kicking and screaming every single fucking days of our life because we have to. You know, you I I don't know if I'm explaining myself, but 
I, yeah, this trip was amazing. I got to meet amazing people. Shout out to all my new friends from Chelsea, from Teatro Chelsea. Uh, if y'all are ever in Boston or, yeah, in Boston, stop by Chelsea. It's like big Central American demographic. There was like Salvad Salvadoranian Honduran food all over Chelsea. Um, it's a big walking like city. So you could just walk everywhere. I walked so much this trip. It was great. I just had a really, really lovely experience. I can't, I don't have anything negative to say. Honestly, the only negative thing that I would have to say is that the plane ride is fucking long. And if I thought six hours in a plane was long, I don't know what the fuck I'm gonna do when I wanna go to Europe. Because that, what the fuck? What the fuck? That, what? Like, Sitting for six hours is not, is not, my back was in shambles. But besides the point, I don't want to talk about the negative things. I want to talk about the positive. So, yeah, I'm really excited for what, what's next. I really, I, I would love to see a full stage production of this play i think it, it would be beautiful i just i could i i can i can picture it you know i can picture the fucking visuals and and everything so i don't know y'all take a chance on me if you know any people uh, that can provide funding uh let me know you know a little quid pro quo action just kidding just kidding you know me you know me <laughs> i fucking hate myself um okay so another update, I went out last night on a Thursday. Who is she on a fucking Thursday? What? Yeah, um, Alyssa, a.k.a. Yaya, a.k.a. Don Chamango, let me know that uh, her friends, Carla and Re Roxy, which are also my friends, uh, were coming down to celebrate Carla, baby sister's 21st birthday. So yes, as a 27-year-old, we hung out with Burley, um, I think, yeah, so this is 28. Yeah, I think everyone's like 28 or 27. Uh, we hung out with 21-year-olds and we went out drinking. But it was, honestly, I was so responsible. They, like Alyssa and the rest of them, stayed out till like, well, we all stayed out till like 2-ish. And then they got home and then they just stayed up till like 4.30 a.m. And I'm like, absolutely not. I have to get up to work in the morning. So I got home and I went Mimi's like around 2.30-ish. Um, so yeah, super responsible. This work week was trash, dude. The work week after taking a few days off for vacation purposes always sucks ass, but this work week sucked ass. Like so many fucking meetings. Why do we have so many fucking meetings? I don't get it. Oh my God. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. But I'm really excited for this year because like I mentioned, I have a lot of upcoming trips, like uh planned i've got houston for a business trip in february at the end of march i'm gonna do um vegas hopefully yes yes i am i'm gonna do vegas i said that i'm gonna do it and i'm gonna do it and then uh that week after that we're i'm gonna go just a little quick weekend trip to la to a concert and then in june uh, i'm planning to go to new york and then in november i'm planning to go to san miguel allende and Guanajuato so a lot of trips planned the first half of the year is gonna be fucking hectic 
so wish me luck. And then, um, so I mentioned it, I talked about this last uh, week, but my guest appearance on the Can I Just Say podcast already dropped. So go give it a listen. I Honestly, the conversation with Jazz was so great. Like we just clicked instantaneously. Like I can't wait to meet Jazz in person and just like hang out. She was amazing. She's a great interviewer. Like she's ready uh, with the questions. And you know me, I, I look, I could just have a conversation with anyone. I could talk to a fucking wall. I talk to myself all the time. I talk to the ghost in my house. I talk to imaginary people. I make up scenarios in my head. I'm delusional. We've been knowing that I'm a Libra. I'm an October Libra. I'm delusional. I'm sorry. It's the truth. And I just embrace it. But yes, go give it a listen and give uh the can I just say if you like it, give it a five-star review. You know, we gotta support smaller podcasts. Yes, we do. And speaking of that, I would like if you're listening to this, hi, 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 it's me. <laughs> I always end the podcast by letting you know that if you give a five-star review, um, it will help with visibility. But I don't know if y'all stay till the end. Maybe you just like don't care about my end remarks. So this is a reminder. If you're listening to this right now, why don't you just go to the little app where you're listening to this beautiful little podcast and then drop a little beautiful little five-star review and if you write a little something it also helps so i think a goal for this year is just trying to get the podcast more out there get more visibility get more listeners and i would really really appreciate it if y'all would help me with that so if you're listening to this right now and you're not driving i would so appreciate you and if you do that and if you let me know i'll give you a kiss next time i see you or if i ever meet you i would give you a tiny little kiss okay as a thank you and yes i'll do it i don't care i'll give you a kiss i don't care you want a kiss Leave my podcast a five-star review. Quid pro quo. I love how I tied it all back to quid pro quo. I hate myself. <laughs> and I'm screaming into my mic. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I was going to say. I'm so sorry. Fucked up fam. I'm so sorry that a dumb bitch like me would try to give you a kiss in, in, um, in change. No, what the fuck? In, what's the word that I'm looking for? Oh my God. Fucked up fam. I've literally just forgot all of my words. Give you a kiss in return of you leaving a five-star review on my podcast. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, let's move on to our recommendations corner. So um, in the flight, I watched like a couple movies. So let me tell you what those are. So obviously during my flight, uh, I had a lot of time to kill and I flew Delta because I'm bougie or whatever. No, um, but honestly, shout out to Delta. That flight was, I booked like an economy flight. It was the seating for the economy seats was spacious. Um, it, it was good. And they actually had like little TVs in front of your seat. So you could like either watch normal TV or pick a movie or whatever. So I watched two movies. The first one that I watched is uh, B.J. Novak's a movie. It's called Vengeance. Bro, 
BJ BJ Novak. Hi, Ryan from the office. Hi. <laughs> Fuck the fam again. Mediocre looking white man, but <sighs> he just does something to me. I I don't know what to do, like how to describe it. The girls that get it get it, and the girls that don't don't, and it's fine. Uh, uh, a mutual on on Twitter recently like uh like retweeted this, and it's like oh women that like man with porn stashes, and she's she, what did she put? Hold on, let me pull it up. She put. <laughs> she said so. It's a picture, and it's like Louis from Family Guy, and she's like, like kind of like all tweaked out, and she's staring at like this pill bottle, and like it says me, and then like when like the pill bottle has porn stashes, like so me like staring at porn stashes, and then she she tweeted women need help and i'm like i know i do i responded to the tweet and she's like it's okay mama me too <laughs> and i just like responded with a, a gif and it's like it's a fragile existence uh, i i need like um i need a smart person to like describe this describe describe why i am how i am i've just went off on the hugest tangent hugest hugest i don't think that's a word the biggest tangent <laughs> i'm out here inventing fucking words why am i like this okay going back to my movie recommendation vengeance bj novak uh who else? Uh, the cast was so good ashton kutcher he looks so good, like so fucking good, so fucking good. But BJ Novak, mm, hi, hi. I again, again. I need professional help. I think that talking into my mic is uh, not helping as my therapy. Maybe I need like real therapy. So. I've been really, really interested with the concept of vengeance. And, of course, the name of this movie, Vengeance. I liked it. It started out a little slow. And I was not sure what direction we were going to go in. I fucked with it heavy. I fucked with it heavy, heavy, heavy. Um, so, yeah, go give, it, go give it a watch. I don't know where it's streaming because I watched it on my on my. Jet blue flight or whatever. I was gonna say Delta, but I didn't fly Delta. Um, but yes, uh, go give it a watch. And I also, so I had already, I already knew like the like everything that happened on this movie because of course the ruined podcast, of course, typical Maria Luis, <laughs> typical Maria Luis Carra behavior. But it's the black phone, the horror movie. Dude, that was a it was good, but it's a hard watch because there's a lot of violence against children and not just like adult vi like adults being violent towards children, but children being violence towards each other. And it was it was a tough. It was tough. I was like, oh my god, the children acting in this film. Holy fucking shit. My respect. Dude. Do do child actors get therapy for when they do like does someone that works on a set 
if a child is acting on a very tough scene, do they get like therapy afterwards? Because I, you know what I'm thinking about? So I think I've already mentioned it before, but like for skins UK, and I know like complete one 180, like <laughs> from the black phone to skins when they were some of like the characters are, or like, yeah, the stars from the show are interviewed now as adults they talk about how shooting the the scenes that they did as literal t teens really impacted their lives negatively so i'm trying to th i feel like we've progressed right as a society where now there's like intimacy coordinators so i feel like there there would be like resources for child actors so that they could cope with what they just filmed I don't I need to like look into this or can someone like let me know what happens because I'm very yeah I'm just interested in that and another example I know that uh Sophie Turner when she did like all the rape scenes for Game of Thrones I think that really impacted her well obvious obviously right Because after so many years, you kind of become the character you're portraying. And then you have to act out this horrible fucking act of violence towards a woman. So you feel all the emotions. So, again, another tangent. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But because for me as a writer, it's like I'm writing. And if I'm writing dialogue that's like that's tough, like I'm going to cry. So when they ask like actors like, oh, how how do you like prepare to cry for a scene you don't prepare you literally if the words are there the tears are gonna come if the dialogue is good the tears are gonna come 1000% so I I don't know how I ended up here fucked up fam the ADHD is ADHDing right now <laughs> uh Uh, please leave uh, the podcast a five-star review even though you're fucking confused right now <laughs> someone's gonna be like they want to leave she's asking us to leave a five-star review for this no but i i do recommend both of these movies vengeance spe especially dude like the ending mwah, oh. <sighs> i fucks with it i fucks with it heavy And it also deals with like family dynamics. And y'all know me. You I love a functional, dysfunctional family. TV shows. Uh so I binged that 90 show. I'm gonna be completely honest. I was not expecting to like it that much. Because when the trailer came out, everyone's gonna be like, ew, what everyone was like, ew, what the fuck is this? This is cringe, this is lame. But I honestly really enjoyed it. And Kitty and Red are holding it down. They are holding the franchise down. So good. Like it 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 made me so happy to see them on screen again and then to see some of some of the old cast too. It just made me really, really fucking happy. So, yeah, I, I'm excited. I'm excited for where, what direction they're gonna take, uh, this show, this like, spinoff. Is it a spinoff or is it like a sequel? Because it's, 
What do you think? I think it's a spinoff, right? Yeah, I think so too. Again, just talking to myself. Nobody, no co-host, just vibes. <laughs> I also, my friends also recommended to me the Sex Lives of College Girls, and I watched an episode of it in the plane. It's good. So it it like grabbed me. So um, <laughs> the first episode, spoiler alert: this girl is trying to get into like this journalism club or whatever i don't know like this newspaper like whatever in college and like the one of the like the president of the club is like oh well you gotta go kiss up to all of the other dudes in the club so they could select you and she goes up to them and then afterwards she's like she gets back home and she's like i gave six hand jobs <laughs> so she kissed up like legit kissed up she's like i feel so empowered <laughs> six hand jobs in one night your first week in college is fucking insane to me i mean i've done some crazy things but never six hand jobs in one night <laughs> and then the uh, latest season of how i met your father came out can we talk about how good fucking Hillary Duff looks? Like, ooh, did she make a pact with the devil? She looks amazing. She looks so good. And I love Fran Francia Risa. What's her last name? The girl that, the actress that donated um, her kidney to, or part, not her kidney. Is it her kidney to Selena Gomez? Francia Riza. Francia 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 Riza. I can't speak, dude. She's so pretty too. Um, yeah. Dude, remember her from the Secret Life of the American Teenager? That show was fucking crazy, my dude. That show was insane. But yeah, so those are the TV shows that I'm watching now. And then I think that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about a really short intro. Am I right, fucked up fam? Okay, but you already know the drill. Let's get started with today's episode. All right. Episode four of The Haunting of Bly Manor is called The Way It Came. So cut to baby Danny. So literally maybe like the first grader i'm so bad with <laughs> with kids and ages um and she's asking this boy that's the, the same age as her if he needs to wear his glasses forever or or forever or till he dies and the boy responds that his mom told him that the glasses made him look distinguished and baby danny tries on the glasses and she calls her little friend blind and then the boy's mom calls out to them that it's dinner time And he tells baby Danny that she can stay for dinner again if she wants, but she's reluctant and says how she should probably go home. And he tells her that his mom said that she can stay for dinner anytime and how he thinks his mom wishes that she could swap them. But baby Danny tells him that if that happened, he would have to live with her mom. And then it cuts to Danny and that boy, but now they're all both grown up and she has an engagement ring on her finger. So from best friends, from childhood best friends to engage. 
So it's their engagement party and all of their families are there and they clap as they come into the room holding hands together. And then there, there's a poster that says, from childhood sweethearts to happily ever after with all of their pictures growing up together. The future uh, groom-to-be, his name is Eddie, is giving a speech about how when they were 10 years old, Danny dared him to kiss her, and he did, and that afterwards, his friend told him that that is how women get pregnant, and that he was terrified, but he knew that he had to make it right, so the next day, he got on one knee and proposed, and that Danny, he calls her Danielle, by the way, turned him down, and how she said that they were too young, and he asked, when is old enough? He, continu he continues and says that throughout the years, he kept asking the same question, when is old enough, and that he knows that they're pretty young, but that they're old enough to know that they want what they want, and how he knows that he wants to end up with Danny, and he calls her a beautiful, amazing girl, and how he wants to be with her for the rest of his life. He thanks Danielle for uh, daring him to kiss him kiss him that one day, and that he can't wait to be married to her, and then all of the guests start clapping. Um, before we move on, I was just literally thinking how cringe it would be. Well, personally, for me, like I, I think most people would love that. But if someone were to declare their love for me in front of a group of like a room of people, like I would be so embarrassed. Is that weird? Like I was thinking of like, if I ever got married, I'd be like, in front of everyone, like I. <laughs> Please, God, no, not again. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. Why is my brain like this? I don't understand. <laughs> okay, whatever. So it's later that night, and everyone is in the dance floor, and this uh, this lady that I thought it was Danny's mom, but it's actually her future mother-in-law, is asking her about work and how Eddie told her that she has been stressed out and. And she tells her that she's got a surprise for her and how to and to come with her for a bit. So Eddie's mom tells Danny that she has got a surprise for her. They go into one of the bedrooms and Eddie's mom tells her that she has always cared about the children. Uh, she teaches so much, but that she needs to remember to be kind to herself and put her own oxygen oxygen mask on. And Danny comments uh, how Eddie tells her the same thing all the time. Eddie's mom opens a box and it's her own wedding dress and she says that she remembers the first time she she met Danny and how she was the sweetest little thing and that she introduced herself and said good morning Mrs. O'Mara and then she told her that she was going to be Edmund's new best friend and how she always knew her mind since she was a little girl. Uh, Mrs. O'Mara or Danny's mother-in-law hands her the dress and tells her that if wearing her dress does not feel right, she hopes that she will tell her, but that she always hoped uh, she had a daughter that she could give her dress to. And she jokes that she is proud of her sons, but she does not think that the dress would suit any of them. And she's like, well, maybe Carson. <laughs> They go up to the mirror to see how it looks. And Mrs. O'Mara says that they will have to take it to take it in to get some adjustments. And Danny tells her that the dress is beautiful and how she does not know what to say. And her mother-in-law responds, good morning, Mrs. O'Mara. <laughs> oh, why did that make me so emotional? So Danny is left standing in front of the mirror and she seems sad even though she's trying to hide it. And then it cuts to present day and Danny is standing in the middle of her room with her head down as if she was remembering this. And there's a knock on the door asking if she's decent and Danny tells them to come in. 
It's Jamie, and they're both dressed in black funeral, uh, like funeral like dresses. And Danny's about to tell her that she looks great, and Jamie jokes that she can scrub up when she needs to. And Jamie comments on how Danny's dress is quite a dress, and Danny just lets her know that it was the only thing she had in black and that she hates it. Jamie jokes that it does it does seem like she's trying to scandalize the village. <laughs> And it's not even like a scandalous dress. It's just a simple black dress. And Danny uh, tells Jamie that she does not want to let Owen down. But Jamie assures her that he won't mind. And how she she does not have to go if she does not want to. And Danny seems relieved. And she shares with Jamie that she had a funeral in her own life not so long ago. And how she feels that she... So she stammers for a bit and Jamie goes over and grabs Danny and tells her how it's okay and that it's her day off and that she does not need to be her date for Owen's mom's funeral. Danny relaxes and she asks Jamie if she can help her get the dress off and Jamie's like blindly. <laughs> but Danny laughs and tells her that she's serious and how it's the zipper and Jamie does help her unzip her dress and then she looks over to her right and there's a crack in the mirror. So, uh, Danny's mirrors are covered obviously in her room but there's a crack so she's able to see her reflection um so there's and she sees the man with the glowing eyes staring back at her and she jumps and gasps and Jamie thinks she caught her skin her her skin in the zipper but Danny tries to play it cool like oh no no like nothing happened Jamie tells her that she will be back in a couple of hours and if she finds out she has not been relaxing, it will be some there will be some serious consequences and then Jamie walks out. Cut to Danny walking over to the little chapel and she hears a, a voice singing before she's about to walk in and she goes over she like follows the voice and it's flora and she's humming as she scrubs the grave's headstones. And Flora is surprised to see her since she thought Danny was going to go to the funeral. Flora comments that she also hates funerals and she gets back to doing what she was doing. Flora asks if Owen's mom will be at the funeral and Danny responds that she supposes. And Flora shares that her mom and dad were not at theirs since they were far away when they died. And, the, and that they had to bury empty boxes and that they had to pretend. And she thought that it was all quite silly. Wow, that's so... That's like really heartbreaking because it's like a little girl is, ex is explaining to an adult this and... You would think that, like, a child doesn't really know what's happening, but she was super aware of, like, everything. Like, her parents died abroad. They had a funeral, but they were not there. They were just burying boxes. That, like, poor little Flora. Poor Flora and Miles. My God. Um, Danny tells her that her parents loved her oh so much and that, in a way, they will always be there with her. And Flora assures her that they are not there because she looked and looked and that they can't. And then she's like, oh, but we can pretend that they're here if that makes you feel better. She tells Danny. Danny begins saying no, and she tells Flora that they should go back inside since her pants are getting wet. And Flora giggles at something, and Danny asks what she's laughing. And then Flora runs into the chapel, and Hannah's in there, and she says, Miss, Miss Gross, my trousers, my trousers got wet in the graveyard, and Miss Clayton said I wet my pants because in America, pants means trousers. <laughs> That was so cute. Hannah laughs and says, and she says how that is funny. And Flora can't let go of how Danny said she wet her pants like she was a baby. And she says, "Oh, Miss Clayton, let me do one for you. You haven't seen this. I'll do it in blue to match your eyes. It will be splendid." So, um, she's like telling her that she's gonna draw something for her. Danny is like, "Oh, I guess you didn't make it 
So um, Danny tells uh, Hannah that she guessed she didn't make it to the funeral either. And Hannah shares that the church in the village is not her cup of tea and how she has not been there since she got married. Hannah shares that she has nothing but respect for Owen's mom, but that she was long gone, gone before she died and how dementia does that to a person. And Danny lets her know that Owen told Jamie that it was okay if they missed the funeral. And Hannah says that she pays her respects in different ways and how o Owen knows that funerals are for the living and how it is up to the living to decide what they can or can't bear. Hannah gives Danny a match and she takes a, a Flora back to the house so that they can get started on supper. And she lights the match and lights up a candle. And the narrator says how the au pair lit the candle not to mourn for those that she had lost, but to atone for the moments she didn't remember. Those most recent moments where she'd even been happy to have forgotten them. And I was doing my, my sexiest narrator voice. <laughs> So Danny like lets the match, uh, lights the candle, and she just stands there for a bit, and then she goes like ready to leave, and she grabs the paper um, that you know Flora was drawing on, uh, and and the blue chalk that Flora had been using, and we noticed that Flora had been working on top of a grave. So I don't know how to describe this. Do y'all remember when we were children when? we would like take a white paper and do it over like this like wriggly ass like design and we would just take a crayon and like like color the whole paper and when we lifted it up there was like a little design because of the rigs under the paper does that make sense so that's basically what flora did but there's a headstone like in the chapel like on the ground so she's doing this like thing with the chalk on the white paper and under it so the like the headstone name it says viola lloyd so now in the paper it says viola lloyd as well i hope that that was easy to understand i feel like i did not do a good job <laughs> so in the kitchen the children and hannah and danny are preparing dinner and flora says that she thought that they were making their favorite dinner but hannah tells her that she said that they were going to make owen's favorite dinner not theirs Jamie gets there and they ask how the funeral went. And she responds, oh, you know, just a barrel of laughs. <laughs> Can we talk about how much I adore Jamie? She is mwah, chef's kiss. Jamie asks if there's any chance for some tea. And Danny's like, oh, I'll make it. But everyone in unison says no. And Hannah <laughs> tells her that she will make it. So I feel like Danny knows that people do not like her tea making skills. And Jamie comments how most of the people in the funeral probably didn't even remember before Owen's mom's head went bad and that she thinks that Owen must be relieved. Hannah asks if he seemed relieved and Jamie just says no, but that if she was in a situation like that, she would be because losing someone's mind like that is not something that she would like. She says, just shoot me, put me out of my misery and how it isn't fair on anyone. Jamie catches Danny staring at her and Jamie shoots her a smile and Danny seems embarrassed and she goes over to the sink and she turns on the water and all seems okay but then she tenses up and she feels a hand on her hip and when she looks up to a platter that is hung up in the kitchen uh, kitchen wall she sees the reflection of the man with the glowing eyes standing behind her. 
Danny gasps out loud and it catches everyone's attention. And Jamie asks if she's all right. And Danny plays it out and she just tells him that she needs a minute and she walks out of the kitchen. She stops in the hallway and then she looks out the window and she sees Peter fucking Quint standing outside in broad daylight and he smirks at her and begins walking away. Danny begins walking towards the direction. So Peter's inside the house and Dan, I mean, outside the house and Danny is inside the house, but they're both walking in the same direction. And at, and that and she passes another room with a window and she sees him again and she walks towards the entrance of the house and she grabs a fireplace poker and when she opens the door abruptly standing there is owen and he's fucking startled <laughs> jamie comes into the room and asks what happened and danny says that she thought it was peter quint and owen responds ridiculous i'm much better looking <laughs> Danny is still holding the fireplace poker and Jamie tells her to stand down and she apologizes to Owen and Owen assures her that no one got hurt and Jamie asks why uh ask him why he's scaring scaring selfless Americans since he's supposed to be at a funeral and he explains that he just needed to leave and that he got in the car and drove and that he just ended up at, at Bly Manor. Hannah and the kids are there are there now and they're they're staring at him um and Owen Owen is like, I, I should go, shouldn't I? And he's about to walk out, but Hannah tells him that supper is almost ready and how she knows that he hasn't eaten and that he should eat. Flora asks, Mrs. Gross, how did you know that Owen was coming? And Flora tells Owen that Hannah made his favorite and Hannah goes towards him and says to let someone cook for him for a change. The kids, Owen and Hannah, begin to walk into the kitchen and Owen whispers to Hannah that Danny almost gave him a heart attack and Danny's still standing by the door, paralyzed in, by fear, and Jamie takes the fireplace poker away from her. So cut to a flashback of D Danny trying on her, her wedding dress and there's a tailor there and she's like trying to see what she needs to fix and her mother-in-law, so Mrs. O'Hara and her mom are both there while she tries the dress on. Her mom tells her that she should have kept her wedding dress, but that she thinks she burned it. And she's like, bad memories, bad memory, like bad marriage. That's what she calls her marriage. Uh, but she does add that luckily, Danny does not share her same taste in men. And then uh, the bo both of the moms clink their glasses. Uh, her mother-in-law says that the lucky one is her son in the equation. And as the tailor uh, is fixing her dress, she tells Danny, you got great shoulders, you know that? In a very flirty tone, and Danny just thanks her and gives her a smile. The tailor continues, you should wear your hair up on the day, show them off. And her hand lingers on the small of Danny's back as the mothers argue about if a groom should see his wife's wedding dress before the wedding. So back in present day, Danny just looks scared at uh, like she's sitting at the kitchen table, like scared. And Flora tells Owen how Hannah told them that the shepherd's pie is Owen's favorite. And she whispers that she wanted to bring it to him since Owen is her favorite. So Flora basically tells Owen that he is her favorite. And Owen just says, thank you, sweetheart. And honestly, Raul Coley saying that in an English accent just melts my knees like uh like not 
have you seen that meme where it's like a button and then it's like nuts? <laughs> That's how I feel when I when I heard uh, Raul Coley say, thank you, sweetheart. That was not an English accent. Why am I so horrible with accents? Fucked up. <laughs> and then um, so Owen tells Hannah that the food is great. And then he tells them how his mom used to make it for him when she had to go away for work since the pie could last for days in the fridge. He gets sentimental for a bit and then it apologizes as he says that he's still recovering. And then he whispers to Flora that he was attacked right at the front door. <laughs> Danny apologizes again and they all giggle and Hannah tells Owen to leave Danny alone and how she can't help it since Danny is American and that they're naturally savage people. Bro, <laughs> not this writing. I'm here for it. I'm here for the shade towards Americans, honestly. Flora asks Owen if he'll be going away now, uh, now that his mom has died. And Owen asks if they're sick of him already, and Flora assures him that they're not. And Owen jokes that Hannah can't wait to get him off of her hair, off of her hair, and she jokingly agrees and says that she's getting too old to put up with him loitering around her kitchen all day. Flora interjects and says how that is not true since Mrs. Gross likes him and she tells Hannah to tell him and Hannah just like quickly tells Flora to just eat her dinner as Owen clears his throat. A little tension right here. Um, and then Flora tells Owen that he is not dying and Owen asks what she means and she shares that when her parents died that she thought that she was going to die too and how she was sure of it but that then she thought What if I was already dead and no one else knew and I was just walking around dead, but everyone could hear and see me. That was dreadful. It only felt like dying because I actually, because actually I was still alive. You have to be, you have to, to be that, to feel that way. I wasn't dead. I was just really, really sad. Owen is holding back a sob and Danny looks like she's in the verge of bursting out in tears. And Flora tells him that she learned a secret. And when Owen asks what the secret is, she says that the dead, dead does not mean gone. So you don't need to be sad. Bro, this monologue from the actress that plays Flora. Oh my God. I did not give it justice. Please, if you haven't watched this show, you have to watch this, okay? And then Miles ruins the moment because he tells Danny that he thinks that he should be allowed a glass of wine. And Danny puts her wine glass down and she tells him how she disagrees with him. And Miles argues that they're all having some and how Peter let him have, ha, let, let him have some sometimes. And Hannah is fed up with Peter and she asks if, if they're ever going to hear the end of Peter Quint. Owen tells them that his mom used to water his wine down and give him a half a glass. And Danny says that her mom did too, but just without the water. <laughs> so her mom just like poured her glasses of wine. And Owen mentions how they let little kids drink wine in France. And Miles shouts, I don't want it watered down. I want an actual bloody drink. And he smacks his fist on the table. And Danny immediately gets up. And she's like, nope. And she points uh, like outside of the kitchen. And she also gives Flora a look. And Flora gets up and says goodnight to Owen as she walks out. Danny tells Miles that it's for both of them and he reluctantly gets up and walks away and Danny goes up with them and once she's out of earshot, Hannah says, you know, 
I really do like that young woman. In Flora's room, we see that the door to her dollhouse is opening by itself and it makes a creaking noise. And then we notice that Danny is looking as this like dollhouse door is opening by itself. And then she goes over to the dollhouse and she looks inside it and she sees that the like all of the different dolls in each of the rooms. Uh, we notice a doll that kind of looks like Peter Quint and Danny grabs it and Flora is like appears out of nowhere and she's like she asks Danny to please not move move things in her dollhouse and she explains that she has a very particular system. Flora notices which doll Danny is holding and she says, oh, you got Peter. And then Flora looks behind her as if someone was calling her. And Danny asks her if she or Miles have ever seen P Peter Quint since he left and that maybe they let him into the house. And Danny tells her that she is not angry and how she just wants to know the truth. For Flora is like, of course not. And how they don't they don't let him uh, they don't let him into the house since that is not how it works. And Flora, Flora again looks off into the distance as if she's listening to something or someone and Danny and Danny uh, wants to know what she's looking at, and Flora's confused. And Danny tells her that she always catches her looking over her shoulder, and Flora's like acting clueless. Then we see Danny go into Miles' room, and she closes the door, and she tells him that how he acted in the kitchen was such a display. And Miles is confused because he does not know what Danny's talking about. But Danny just continues and tells Miles that both both of them are actually alike, like in the biggest way that most people can be because she did not have parents growing up either. Danny explains to Miles that her dad died when she was about Flora's age and her, her mom was alive, but she wasn't really, really there anymore. And how a lot of times she had to be her own parent and how kids like them are special and that they grow up faster than other kids and how the most special thing is that they get to choose the grownups that they keep in their life. Danny just tells him that she understands when he talks a little bit more grown up or when he wants to act like a grown up and how she was the same way growing up too. Miles asks if she lost somebody too and Danny tells him that she did and she shares that she lost people in different ways in her life but she turns it back to Miles and she tells him how he has some great grown ups surrounding him, great people that he gets to choose as his family if he wants to. She ruffles his hair and then tells him goodnight before she exit. Danny goes down the stairs and Jamie's waiting for her there and she tells her how they're all outside and that she's going to join them. We then see that they lit a, a bonfire and Owen tells her that some of the wine they brought has not seen daylight since even before she was born and he tells Hannah to give Danny a bottle. So they all got their own bottle of wine. I love that. I fucking love that. <laughs> Hannah doesn't respond and Owen calls her name out again and Hannah's confused and Owen asks her where she went and Hannah just apologizes and says how she has been drifting off quite a bit lately. They're all sitting around the fire and then it cuts to a flashback and Danny is back in the US and she's at a dinner with her fiance and she looks like a wreck and she's biting her fingernails and he likes to remind and he like reminds her not to do it and Danny apologizes explains that she has been trying to stop like biting her fingernails 
Eddie tells her that he knows that planning a wedding is really stressful, but that she has been doing so great. So he just wanted them to go out to dinner as a way to de-stress and not have to talk about wedding stuff. But as Eddie is talk talking, Danny's just staring off into the distance. And she has like this look of being lost across her face. When Eddie is done, she actually says, I was thinking that we could tone it down. I don't think we need to go all crazy with it, like regarding the wedding. And Eddie says that, and Eddie's like, oh, I thought you wanted a big wedding. And how if she doesn't, that, that is perfectly well and fine. And Danny stammers and says that she thought she wanted it and how she wanted she wanted to want it, but that that is just so expensive and so many people and that it's just taking so much to organize and so many people that she's going to let down if it's not a great wedding. Eddie just tells her that they 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 can go ahead and tone it down and how for a second he thought that she was going to say that she didn't want to get married at all. Danny gives him a stare and uh, she, like I'm going to describe it. Her eyes are like half open and she looks so exhausted as she looks at him. And then like she just she has like a pained expression and Eddie looks away and Danny reaches over to grab his hand and she tells him, I can't. Eddie wants to know what he did or what he didn't do. And Danny tells him that it's not like that and that he, and he wants to know what it's like then. Now they're in the car after dinner, just sitting there. And Eddie tells her that it makes no sense to him. And Danny holds back tears as she says that she should have said something sooner, but that she did not want to hurt him or his mom or his family. And how then it was just what they were doing, getting married. Danny says, I thought I was being selfish, how I should just stick it out and eventually I would feel how I was supposed to. Eddie says, oh, you didn't want to hurt me, huh? And Danny just tells him how she loves him, even now. And Eddie goes off and says, fuck you, Danielle, and he, that he can't understand why she is doing this to him. Danny doesn't know what to say and Eddie's trying to get out of the car but Danny's holding on to him and he's telling her to let him go and and, and uh, Danny's saying how she's sorry and how she and he just shouts at her that she has done enough. Eddie gets out of the car as Danny tells him that she is sorry again and once he's outside he looks over to his right and in his glasses reflection we see a light and a truck runs him over and Danny screams out in terror. We then see Eddie's body on the floor as blood pools under his head and Danny is right there with him. Back in present day around the bonfire, Hannah shares that she loves bonfires because they remind her of when she was a girl, but how she does appreciate the adult beverages and she takes a swing, a swing of her bottle. Jamie says that in the really old days, they would have a huge bonfire around those days and how they would talk about the people they lost and toss in, toss in offerings to drive away evil spirits and that it was mostly bones that they would toss into the fire. Owen says how he remembers that and how that is why they it's called a bonfire. And Jamie is upset that he got to finish her story. <laughs> Jamie asks if they don't got any old bones to throw in the, into the fire, and she says that she will start, 
But Hannah gets up and she makes a toast to Rebecca Jessel and how how and she mentions how it has been almost a year already. But wherever she is, she's still worth 10 of that man like Peter Quinn and how she was brilliant and beautiful and how she would just she was punished for it. And she says how she doesn't know why brilliant women are always punished. And she raises her bottle in Rebecca's honor. It's Jamie's turn now, and she makes a toast to Lord and Lady Wingrave, uh, Dominic and Charlotte, and how they were good, old-fashioned, kind people, and how the kids really miss them, and how nothing can fix that, not ever. Danny, again, looks like she's on the verge of tears, and Jamie continues how now the kids have Danny Clayton, and how even though she's a bit of a weirdo, she's, she's a lot stronger than she thinks, and if anyone can bring Miles and Flora back to themselves, it's her. And she ends it by saying that she is glad Danny is there and how they would be too. And she takes a sip of her bottle. Jamie asks Danny if she wants to share and Danny just says, no, thank you. And Jamie tells her that it's all right. It's Owen then takes off his glasses and Hannah lets him know that he ha doesn't have to. Uh, but he says, my mom, Margaret Sharma, she was 67 except sometimes by the end she forgot that. She called, called me by my dad's name or her brother's, you know. I tried to pretend, but I didn't know who I was supposed to be. They didn't say any of that at the funeral. They wouldn't. Just smoothed it over, made it nice, so they left out all of the bad stuff and all the, all the good stuff. They did, not, they did not say how funny she was or how she would wink at you from across the breakfast table or how she had a sweet tooth and a dirty laugh. And she loved me so hard it hurt. Sometimes, no matter what I did. She was, she was gone long before she died. And I miss her. She was my anchor. And then I suppose she was my burden. Christ. She seemed so small at the end. But still so heavy and I. And all I could do was let her hold on to me until it was time to let go and soon i'll let her go too bro i am i am in tears you see what connecting things to what i said earlier if the writing is good the tears will just follow like even just reading it holy shit that was wow Wow, the writing. Oh, my God. Okay, and imagine Raul Coley saying this in an English accent. <laughs> Holy fuck. Um, Owen takes a swing of his wine, and then Danny is just staring at the fire, and she gets another flashback. She's in the hospital, and we see a doctor go inside the family room, and we can't hear what he tells them, but it's obviously bad news. And Danny just walks out into the uh, into the hallway and she walks into the restroom and she's having a panic attack and she begins to wash her hands and she looks up into the mirror and the man with the glowing eyes is Eddie as he was about to die with the reflection of the truck's lights in his glasses. It is now the funeral and the guests are giving Eddie's family as well as Danny their condolences. And there's a mirror in front of Danny and she sees Eddie's ghost standing right behind her and his hand is on her shoulders.
people are continuing to give their condolences, uh, but their voices are distorted. And since she's kind of in like a dreamlike state, she, since uh, she is terrified by the reflection in the mirror, everyone keeps telling her how happy she made him and how they were the perfect couple. And Eddie's mom keeps whispering to Danny how she's doing so good and being so brave. And Danny reaches a breaking point and she goes and grabs the coat and goes up to a mirror to the mirror and she covers it as she begins to sob in front of everyone. And then she turns to stare at them all and she just keeps repeating that she's sorry as she walks out. Back in present day, Jamie and Danny wander off by themselves and they leave Hannah and Owen together. The narrator says how the au pair was tired and how she had been so tired for so long, but without even realizing she, well, she was doing it. She found herself taking the same advice that she had given to Miles. She chose to spend time with someone she did not mind being tired around. Someone who could keep away the shadows. And then we see Jamie and Danny inside the greenhouse sitting together in a couch wrapped in blankets and chugging some wine. Jamie tells her how she's not going to ask if she's alright since she does not like being lied to and she wants to know what is wrong. Danny shares that she thought that she saw Peter Quint and how obviously it wasn't him, but how it is not the first time she has seen things that aren't there. And Jamie wants to know what else she has seen. Danny says, well, I, I guess I told you about my fiance earlier, didn't I? And Jamie agrees that she did and how she was hoping that they would get around to talking about that. Danny continues, we were engaged and he died. And I sometimes, I see him. I've never told anybody that. Jamie apologizes for her loss, and Danny explains that she had broken up with him just before, and how it was exactly right before he died. And Danny asks if Eddie is there. Uh, so Jamie asks if like Eddie is there right right now with them, and Danny looks around the room and she says that he is not there. And Jamie tells her, "Good, cause I'll sort it out with him if I have to." And she j jokingly calls out to Eddie saying, Oi, dead boyfriend, give it up, mate. It's over. Danny just lovingly smiles at her and Jamie asks her how she's still standing. And Danny tells her how she thinks she is crazy. And Jamie says that she thinks she's incredibly sane considering and how she knows what it feels like when you can't find your way. And then Danny kisses Jamie and they begin to make out. And Jamie asks if she's sure, and Danny tells her that she is. And they begin to make out some more, and all of a sudden, Danny opens her eyes, and Eddie's ghost is standing right there, looking at them like a fucking creeper. And Danny is obviously frightened and startled, and she pulls away from Jamie, gasping. Danny apologizes, and Jamie says how it's her fault and how they shouldn't have done that, and how Danny was literally just sharing some really personal shit and how it wasn't the right time. And Jamie gets up and says how they should go back to the bonfire, and that maybe they can do that another day or another time. And she ends it with maybe. And Danny is just left there, shooketh to her motherfucking choreth. The, the narrator says that what Jamie did not understand is that Danny had been waiting for another day or another time for years and years. And it cuts to a flashback of Danny in the States and someone is knocking at her front door and she goes to open it. And it's Mrs. O'Hara, um, 
O'Mara or O'Hara, I don't remember. So it's Eddie's mom. And she tells Danny how she has not been answering her calls and how she is worried about her. Eddie's mom says how people are saying that she's not taking care of herself and how she like tells her that she needs to eat. And she shows Danny the lasagna that she brought her. And Danny just looks like a mess. And Eddie's mom also takes out Eddie's glasses and she gives them to Danny because she thought that she should have them. Danny does not want to take the glasses, but uh, her ex-mother-in-law, ex-mother-in-law, tells her how she can't stand to look at his glasses since they were with the things that came back from the hospital, but that she couldn't throw them away either. So she basically begs Danny to take them. And uh, Mrs. Omara lets Danny know that she wants her to know that she is still an important part of their family. And she gives her a big hug. And you can see that Danny really needed that hug. And right as they're hugging, we see a taxi pull up. And Danny tells Judy, Judy is Eddie's mom, that she's busy. And when she closes the door, we see that her bags are packed. So this was right before she left to, to London. Back in present day, Danny and Jamie are walking back to the bonfire. And Owen is telling Hannah how they should go to Paris together while they still can. Jamie apologizes for interrupting, but she jokes that she is turning into a pumpkin and how it is time for her and owen to go home and owen seems kind of bummed about it and owen says i'll call you later oh. <laughs> i love his dad jokes and uh he takes another big swing of the wine bottle and jamie just tells danny that it is all good as she walks owen to her car and danny just seems upset and walks away it's nighttime and uh, Danny is like awake looking at Eddie's glasses in her nightstand and she gets up from bed and she takes the glasses. We then see Flora waking up and she looks over to her dollhouse and she notices that Danny's doll is not in bed. And then she sees that the doll with no face is inside her dollhouse and it is positioned by the staircase and scary music starts playing. Flora calls out for Miles, and we we see them. Uh, we then see Danny as she goes inside the kitchen, and she finds the remaining bottle of wine, and she grabs it and takes a swing of it, and she begins to walk back. And then Miles and Flora appear and call out to her. And obviously, Danny's upset that they're out of bed because it's late and she's drunk. And Miles says that Flora had a nightmare, and Danny just tells him to go back to bed. And then Flora just tells her that she does not want to go back upstairs since she was really she's since she still is really really scared. Danny kneels down to be at the same height as Flora, and Flora just tells her that she had a horrible dream and how there was a creature under her bed and how it wanted to do horrible things to her. And as she's talking, we see a woman with or whatever something that looks like a woman with a long flowy white dress walking behind danny and flora just keeps going on about her dream to distract danny and when, when they see the woman has left flora stops and danny just tell her how that sounded like an awful dream but but that she needs to get them back to bed but flora tells her how not yet and that she needs a few more minutes and honestly danny's kind of is drunk as fuck so you can see it in her face and flora asks her for a glass of milk and danny obliges so danny goes into the kitchen and miles goes to check to make sure that the lady in white has left the house and we see that she left muddy footprints all the way to the front door which is open 
and then we see Danny and Flo- putting Flora. So then it cuts to Danny putting Flora to bed, and she apologizes. And Danny tells her how there's nothing to be scared of, and she takes a peek at her dollhouse before she agrees. Quite right. We then see Danny go back upstairs, and she notices the footprints, and she just mumbles to herself that she would talk about that in the morning. And then we see her outside by the bonfire, and she throws Eddie's glasses inside the fire. And then it cuts to when she was kissing Jamie. And then as she's standing watching the fire burn the glasses, Eddie's ghost appears right in front of her, and Danny just stares at him. And she tells him, but she's not frightened anymore. And she tells him, it's just me and you then. End of episode. All right, fucked up fam. Let's get right to our segments because this is a long one, starting with that shit's traumatizing. Um, Flora, baby, tiny little Flora saying, like telling Danny that, when her parents died, they buried empty boxes because they died away from Bly. So they could not get their bodies back. And then she's like, it's so crazy how children process things because Danny's hearing this. And obviously she's just like, what the fuck? That is super fucking traumatizing. But in like Flora's mind, she's like, it was very silly, actually. Like it's the concept of burying an empty like coffin is so silly to this girl that she can't even like begin to comprehend. That's why we we should just be children. We should just be oblivious to all the world's pain and suffering and just be like yeah that seems silly to me (laughs) i fucking adore flora um also what look ghost ghosts are not supposed to be able to touch you why the fuck is that man's pulling up behind danny as if he was grinding up on her at the club and like as she's washing dishes like that's literally so fucking disrespectful and then right after that fucking traumatizing experience not only is danny seeing this ghost not only is this ghost assaulting her well i mean that's i'm taking a little bit too far but touching her without her fucking consent she like walks away from the kitchen to have a moment to herself to fucking collect herself and guess who the fuck she sees peter fucking quint and he has he has this smile in his face these are the smiles that men who are cocky as fuck get in their faces like they know something none of the like the rest of the world knows honestly it's a hot it's a hot smile like (laughs) peter motherfucking quint looks so fucking hot but he looks like such an asshole (sighs) i'm conflicted i am so conflicted about this man but yeah like and he like sees her and then he like is taunting her so obviously danny thinks she's fucking insane i mean i would too so yeah no and then when she thinks she's like about to encounter peter quint she has a fucking fireplace poker like ready to kill this man and she opens the door and it's our sweet sweet loving owen danny 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 
my girl Danny is literally holding on by a thread. She is exhausted. Also, well, we get more information on her background. Like, she was literally engaged, engaged to be married. Miss Thing was not happy about that. But I feel like she was in the predicament where you've been with someone for so long. It's kind of, like, expected or everyone. And I think at that moment, you also expect yourself to just follow through with it. And she said it. She's like, I was waiting to, like, to start feeling like how you've been feeling. And she, she thought it was going to come eventually. And obviously it didn't because we find out Miss Little Thing likes women. <laughs> it's a win for all lesbians and all bisexual women in the world. Miss Danny Clayton loves women. And she was engaged to a man, a very handsome man. I think I once hooked up with a man that like, that kind of looked like that. Kind of. If I remember, well, I mean, I was, yeah. Yeah, that <laughs> that looked like sweet Eddie. Um, but yeah, like breaking off an engagement, I, bro, I feel like if anyone would ever be stuck in that predicament, it would be me, cause I'd be like, damn, I thought I liked this fool, and now I actually hate this fool. <laughs> but. My non-confrontational ass would have, like, literally been acting the same way as Danny. Like, I would have literally looked sick to my stomach because I don't like hurting other people. But I'm also going to look out for myself and my best interest. So if you're not in my best interest, if I if marrying you is means that I'm going to be miserable for the rest of my fucking life, because obviously Danny is not attracted to him. She likes women. She is gay. She likes pussy. <laughs> but I feel like, oh, I'm just like interpolating myself in Danny's shoes. And I feel like I would have reacted the same. And then right after breaking her fucking engagement off, this man, her ex, gets killed. What? The guilt. The guilt guilt that danny is holding on to that's why she's being haunted yes we find out that the man with the glowing eyes is eddie that's why she's being haunted by her past and i don't know if y'all remember haunting of hill house but uh what was his name sam no what the fuck was his name steven steven sees a ghost steven is like each like a ghost is like a memory a ghost is like someone from your past like a ghost is like guilt that you're holding on to like anything can be a ghost anything can be manifested into a ghost and this is danny's like manifestation of guilt coming to haunt her back in real life like she doesn't feel like she can live like a normal peaceful life because of what she knows and she's the only one that knows that she broke things off with eddie right before he died so that's why she's so traumatized because she thinks it's her fault danny literally thinks she killed this man because she wasn't attracted to dick it's literally, literally not perfectly splendid. <laughs> what else do I have in my notes? Oh, 
uh, I didn't know if it would go under traumatizing, but Hannah's saying how throughout history, brilliant women are like, she doesn't know why brilliant women are punished throughout history. And that's right. Brilliant women have been punished throughout history. And I consider myself a brilliant woman. So God, if you're listening, I am not your toughest soldier. Do not give me your toughest battles. I'm literally the weakest link. I am brilliant, but I do not want to suffer. I want peace. Also, the other day I read something that Libras uh, see peace and like normalcy as boredom. (laughs) Wow, that hit. I was like, damn, y'all didn't have to be that loud this early in the morning. (laughs) But yes. Do not punish me. I am br- this brilliant mind deserves to live a life without punishment. Thank you. Thank you for coming to my TED talk. Uh, what else? What else? Um. Oh. Uh, m- well, maybe this should have been under heartwarming. No, yeah, I I like keep fucking up. Uh, so Owen's monologue about his mom. Oh, it was a tearjerker. It was a tearjerker, but. It- when when he said um what what did he say she she was she was like my anchor but then she became like i don't know what he said but oh if y'all haven't watched hunting in blind manner you have to watch this episode just to see what the fuck i'm talking about the faceless woman well, first of all, Flora waking up and looking over to her dollhouse, her magical haunted dollhouse, and realizing Danny's out of her bed, which she was, and realizing that the faceless doll is by the staircase. No, a child shouldn't have this much responsibility. And then, like, that's why Flora is the way she is. A lovely, lovely kid, but <laughs> she's a little traumatized. Um, So... They go, like, the children go down. They're like, hey, Danny, like, they're fucking distracting her. And then from behind her, what the fuck was that? Who the fuck was that? Who is she? Who is she? Because I don't, I do not like her. I do not like her at all. She is is spooky. She's a spooky ooky. And we do not stand. If me and my homies ever see that bitch, it's on sight. Because why is she walking around this house scaring little kids? That's a no for me, dog. And then the last scene where Danny finally burns Eddie's glasses and kind of like, you know, did her own like ritual with the bonfire, bonfire, blah, blah, blah. You know, the, the story that was given. Her seeing Eddie appear right before her, terrifying. Terrifying, but at the same time, it was very rewarding because Danny doesn't look scared of him anymore. She's like, I'm over it. Like, I like I loved you and I and you were someone close to me, but I need to let you go. I need to let this guilt go. And obviously, she will live with that guilt for the rest of her life, but she doesn't need that guilt haunting her as she continues her life because then she'll never move forward. And I think she realized that. So, yeah, uh, peace out to the homie. Well, not the homie, the ghost, the ghostly homie, Eddie. Uh, you were I. 
you were not great. You were I. I mean, you were scaring my girl Danny. Uh, but yeah, peace out to him. He was he was I. I was gonna say he was a real one, but he was literally not a real one because he was a goat. Uh, but I'm sad. <laughs> All right, moving on to that. Shit's heartwarming. When when Jamie was shook when Danny asked her for help taking off her dress. Ah, I love the sexual tension between Danny and Danny and Jamie. Oh, it's so good. She was like blindly like, damn girl, like slow down, hold your fucking horses. Like we're about to leave for a funeral. You're telling me to take off your dress, but obviously Danny meant like like you know, it's a sipper, I need help. But still like that was really cute. Uh fucking Flora being like so like she was like so taken aback by Danny saying your pants are wet. Because pants is an American term and trousers is like an English term. So she's like, oh, Danny is saying that I wet my pants. That was so cute. Ah, I love it. Also, this is really cute, but Danny's relationship with Eddie's mom, like you can tell that Danny was searching for a family ever since she was little and she found that within Eddie and within Eddie's family and her mom I mean his mom literally adored her and thought of her as her own daughter so it's, that's why it makes just like the guilt that Danny feels even so much harder because she distanced herself from everyone, including Eddie's mom, who again, like loves her like a daughter. But it's just like, oh, it breaks my heart. I'm getting fucking emotional. Also, little Flora's monologue about Owen not dying and how like she remembered like when my parents died, I felt like I was dying, but that's the feeling you get when you know you're alive. And then her just saying that dead does not mean gone. Ah, my tiny, my tiny little heart. I can't take it. And then all the adults just bonding over the bonfire. That I love that. I love seeing adult friendships because it's, and then like newfound adult friendships because it's like all these people don't know each other from childhood and i feel like sometimes it's hard to make friends as an as adult and just like but when you're spending so much time together and you lived well well hannah and daddy live together but not but like owen and jamie are literally always there too you just bond you bond over your experiences that's why you have like some like strong bonds with your coworkers too because we spend so much of our time at work you just like these are the people I see every single fucking day. And obviously, I'm going to love them. Like, and I'm going to care for them. And I want them to, like, prosper. So I feel like that that um, the relationship you develop when you work with people. And, yeah, they're all, they're literally coworkers. Just because Hannah and Danny live together, does like, they're coworkers. But they've developed this beautiful, beautiful bond and friendship. And obviously, they're bonding over, like, being sad about Owen's mom's passing. But it's just, like, they're there for each other. And that's just so heartwarming and so rewarding. And then the, the the last two things, the kiss. Yes, Miss Danny thing. Miss Danny thing. Yes, yeah, she finally got some action. I love that for her. I hated that Eddie like kind of like fucked it up. Like, like Eddie. Like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that you thought you were going to marry this woman and then you died. That actually seems like a you problem. But my girl Danny was getting some action and you were such a fucking cock blocker. I mean, you were a pussy blocker. You were a pee blocker. So stay in your lane 
thankfully i think we're not gonna see any more of eddie or the man with the glowing eyes so shout out to that but yes and the last thing the last thing on the that shit's heartwarming list i'll call you later ah i love raul coley i love owen and his dad jokes so much <sighs> like raul coley make me your wife <laughs> If Raul Coley has 100 fans, I'm one of them. If he has one fun fan, it's me. And if he has no fans, that means I died. Yes, a thousand percent. <laughs> and with our and then our last segment, take it with a grain of salt segment. Live your life. Live your fucking life because be yourself be true to yourself because you never know when life is gonna end i feel like i hold back a lot because i don't want to hurt people and just like comparing myself to danny like she held from being her true self because she didn't want to hurt the people she loved the most but your life can end in a blink of a fucking eye literally tomorrow we can all be gone so live your life. Be true to yourself. Be Try to reach happiness. Try to reach some form of fucking happiness or whatever, like, fills you with joy and emotion or do what makes you fucking happy. And if you're not happy, uh, I think you, you need to talk to someone. Not me. Don't talk to me yeah? <laughs> because I wouldn't know how to help you. But I feel like also being self-aware and realizing that you're not happy and actually like taking the actions to find a way to like crawl out of the sadness hole that you're in can be useful so i know sometimes seeking help is very hard and it is it really really is i'm not someone that's good at it but i want to be better when i need help i want to like actually be able to ask my loved ones for it so yes take it with a grain of salt be your true honest self so that you can find happiness and if you're not happy learn how to ask for help wow mwah, mwah. beautifully put it all together as i always do but we've gotten to the end of the episode i mean at the beginning of the episode i already like told you what to do but again follow the social media that show f me up on instagram that dat show fuck me up on twitter give the podcast a five-star review i uh, already told you why it matters so please do so i love you so much and i love you i love you so much for listening and i will give you a kiss next time i see you so yes rem- and and we've gotten to the end of the episode so remember be gentle be kind and don't be an asshole unless you absolutely have to be goodbye